In today's episode at Fearless Wealth, we have with us Paige Cole from the Make It Rain podcast, from the book, The Universe is My Sugar Daddy, from the Making It Rain, Getting Rich, from the stripping to the entrepreneurship, through the coaching, through all the life stories. And this is such a good one, such a good one. We talk about self-limiting beliefs. We talk about money. We're talking about different careers. It's all the good stuff. Let's get on And it. before Here we get into this well. episode, I want to shed some light on all the offerings that I still have going. I have the DOM course, a two-part course where I talk one part about the being an online sex worker, all the platforms, how to make money online from your home, how to have those passive income streams exponentially grow, 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 how to create a persona. And the second part is all about the DOM archetype, confidence, boundaries, sexuality, sensuality, finding your voice and getting rid of those limiting beliefs. Of course, I have the blood codes with Jesse magic, which is all about getting in touch with our cycle, individual cycle and collective cycles, creativity, researching the beliefs that still hold us back money, exponential growth, and then I have a bunch of smaller offerings, day, day workshops like self-care makes you a millionaire, um, sabotaging, and how, and I have a bunch of money rituals, you know, for our little sprinkle magic, and let's get to the episode right now. It's your opinionated cunt whore, dominatrix friend, money witch, demon whisperer, alleged demon queen, 5% of business bitch, fake witch, and my recent names that I've been called, apex predator, and most emotional dominatrix in the world. <laughs> Here at Fearless Wealth, and today with us, we have a absolute baller, multifaceted power woman. With us, we have Paige Cole. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. And I have to say, that was quite the intro that you gave yourself. I was like, damn, this girl sounds fucking fierce. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, tell us. Okay. Tell us first the basics. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah. So my name is Paige Cole, and I am an online. business coach. Uh, I have a coaching certification called the Rich Method Coaching Certification. And we certify women to become money mindset coaches, NLP practitioners, success in life coaches. There's actually like eight certifications that you get inside of my program. Uh, And I'm also a stripper of 13 years. I am an OG dancer and I'm very proud about it. Uh, I actually market and target strippers in my content and in my marketing. That's my niche. Uh, And so I really love just um, helping, coaching, guiding women who are in the industry and who want to manifest more money, first of all, and who also want to build businesses outside of the club so they can create additional revenue streams. If they want to leave, they can or like whatever. But like, who doesn't want to make more streams of income? Right. So that's pretty much in a nutshell what I do. <laughs> so, um, oh, she asked so many questions. Okay. 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 Let's, let's, rewind all the way to a little bit like when you were younger what was your family setting like and mostly also like because you I love that you're so openly speaking about money and your money story and like the blockages that you went through and had to evolve so what kind of money story did you grow up with this is a great question. Thank you for asking because this is really important. Um, if when you're listening to this, if you're like, hmm, like where, what are my money stories? Like where do they come from? So when we are born from age zero to seven, we are a walking subconscious mind, uh, which means that everything that we're seeing, hearing, experiencing in regards to like how either your parents or whoever raised you handled finances, and we're taking on those beliefs to be our own. Um, you know, and then we grow up and we don't understand why we believe this about money. And it all comes from these subconscious beliefs. So for me personally, when I was growing up, uh, money. So my mom is very 
very conservative and she never liked to talk about money. It was a hush hush kind of a thing. Like we don't talk about it just enough to get by is just okay. Like we had money to do things, of course, like it it was fine. Um, But it, it just was never talked about. And from a very young age, I was so curious about money. I would ask, how much does this cost? How much did the house cost? How much does this? How much? And it was like, I probably drove my mom crazy because she's like, wants to be so secretive. And I'm over here just wanting to learn. Um, When we were really little, I remember when my dad would be paying the bills, he would like be sitting at the kitchen table and he would have the checkbook out and he would have all the bills laid out, you know, and he'd be doing it. And we were not allowed to talk to dad during that time because we would get yelled at. And so we knew when dad was doing the bills, do not talk to him, which, you know, gave me the, you know, the learning of money is angry. Like this is, this is a hard, and I actually don't ever think I've like said that out loud before, to be honest, because money, it, it gave me the story that like money is like an angry, tense thing to like, it, it's, it's, um, it's not safe, right? Like, because it wasn't safe to go talk to my dad during that time. So money causes things to be unsafe when you're dealing mm. with your money, mm-hmm. uh, which is huge, Right. The safety yeah. and security that we have to create as humans, as adults, as we get older with ourselves to like draw that money in. Uh, and so like looking at your childhood, what did I learn? And then also how you move through that, right? Is like <laughs> knowing and understanding that that was a belief that I took on at some point in time to believe. And a belief is just a thought that we think over and over again with enough conviction and passion that we believe it to be true. So when you learn that, you can be like, hmm, this belief is not serving me. It's not even my belief. I'm going to let that shit go. And I'm going to choose new powering and positive beliefs about money. So like, I love when people who are in perhaps the coaching industry um, is that they often have like a very early on, like a money, like they, they remi- remember money. Like, you know, you were questioned and you were curious and it was like shut down. And then you're like, uh, now what? So can you remember if there was a time in your life where um, you started to reshape your own relationship with money or you perhaps learned that the money ideas that you got from home were not correct? You perhaps didn't have the new ones yet, but like you were like, oh, this doesn't seem to be accurate. Yes. So this is the, the most defining moment for me in regards to the question that you just asked was, so obviously I just shared about like what I saw with my mom and my dad and, you know, my, my dad was more entrepreneurial. So he was more like willing to talk and teach to me about money. Uh, but you know, definitely not my mom. Um, However, when I was 16 years old, I moved into, I, I moved in with my aunt who me and my aunt have a super close relationship. She's like my, like, like my godmother, my aunt, my mom, my best, like, she's just like that person. And when I moved in with her when I was 16, uh, my aunt is very open about money. Um, Mm. She's very, she will always answer any questions. She like, likes to game plan. Like she's always been super open about money, which I so appreciated. But at that time she was starting a network marketing company. And so I, it was the first time I went from living with, People, my mom and dad, my dad worked in corporate too. Um, he had an entrepreneurial side, uh, has an entrepreneurial side. But I went from like experiencing like corporate to, oh my God, what is what is this entrepreneurship? You can make your own business. Like my mind was freaking blown. I was like, holy crap. And, you know, I would like go to the opportunity meetings and all of it for the network marketing, like just because I was fascinated. I was like, you can make how much money? And I was like, people are openly talking about money. Holy shit. So it was definitely when I moved in with my aunt and like experienced her building her network marketing company. And again, this was like so many years ago. Right. But um, yeah, that was definitely the eye opener for me to like the world of entrepreneurship. And like, I get to create my business, my life, my everything, however I want. It was really, I'm really grateful for that. And then you, did you go to school? Did you go to tradition? First of all, you were born in America. Yes. I was born in Washington. But you also speak another language? 
Um, I well, I'm Lithuanian. My yes. heritage is Lithuanian. Yes. I can say very few words. Like I can say a couple of things. Like thank you, I love you so much, Grandma. Like cheers, just like the very very minimal basic stuff. My grandparents, gotcha. yeah. But no, I was I'm, I was born here. <laughs> born in America. Okay, because I remember like I see seeing a language on your um, Instagram. I'm like I don't know. Yeah, I, Lithuanian. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So okay. Um. So did you do the traditional route where you like went to school or like how did that evolve from like young adolescent? Yeah. So when I was in high school, um, I was very conflicted about going to college. Um, at the time, my my mom has a very heavy emphasis on like go to college, go get a four-year degree, work for someone, climb the corporate ladder. And like that, that never like fit with me. I just didn't like it. My sister was very, very into the education too. Like education is how uh, you get to where you want to go. And actually like right before I graduated high school, my sister passed away unexpectedly. And so it was like this interesting time. Like I felt like I almost like owed it to her to like honor her. And then also like, you know, my mom, I was like, I'm just going to, this is what Brooke, what, that's my sister's name. This is what she would want. So I went to college for like a semester at uh, Cal State Northridge and I fucking hated it. I was like, it was just for me, I, you know, I felt so much pressure of, you know, these 18 year old kids, freshmen, a freshman in college, you have to pick a major that you're going to study Take all this time, money, energy, resources to study this. And this is a career that you have to do for the rest of your life. I was like, I have no fucking clue what I want to do. I had no clue. Like the whole college thing just like never (laughs) was like fit. So I moved back to my aunt's house after a semester. I went to some community college because I was like, okay, well, this is just I'm going to get a serving job and do community college while I'm doing, you know, figuring it out. But I, I just... I think education is great. I, I obviously I'm an educator myself in a different realm, but I think that I think that continuing to educate yourself is wonderful, especially if you know exactly what it is that you want to do. Like if you know you want to be a lawyer or a doctor and you have to go get a degree, absolutely. But if you know that school's not for you, there are tons of other ways to educate yourself in entrepreneurship that's going to be to excel you. Um, and so I kind of had conflicted feelings about it, but ultimately I ended up like obviously listening to myself. And then at one point, you know, I said, fuck this shit. I'm going to be a stripper. And so I started stripping <laughs> at 19 and, you know, so my journey began. <laughs> okay, so you must, so I'm a professional dominatrix, everyone knows. And it's like always, we always have these like non-traditional ways into because for me, it was too like, you know what? I'm going to sex work. That's it. I don't know what, what all y'all doing, but I'm just no. So what, um, like, did you know any strippers? Have you seen it on TV? How was your, your first time? Because we all know that's scary as fuck. Like, yeah. tell us. Okay. So, okay. Great question. So when I was little, I was always like little girl. I was always so drawn to women in um like movies like when they would you know the burlesque dancers or like when there was a sexy woman like I wasn't sexually attracted to them like I I'm not sexually attracted to them I was just intrigued like Mm. so I was like oh my god they're so beautiful like I feel like I was have been some sort of like dancer or something in multiple lifetimes because it's just it's how I've always felt so I kind of always knew that I wanted to be a stripper and when I was, I was working at um, the Olive Garden, actually, and I was living back in Washington for a little bit um, after uh, high school. And one of the girls that I trained with um, for like our serving server training, she used to be a dancer of like 10 years. And I was like, oh my God. So I would like pick her brain and I was like, how's this, you know? And she like came over and she, I'd never been to a strip club before yet. And she came over and she showed me how to do a lap dance. And she told, showed me how to like do floor work and how, what you do on the stage. And I'm like, okay. So then how you get a job at the club that I was at, you know, you have to go and you have to do amateur night. And if you win amateur night, then you get, um, they'll hire you. They'll give you a job and they'll also pay for your license. So I was like, okay, I got to do amateur night. So I'm driving to amateur night. I'm so nervous. And I get there and there's like 10 girls competing and we all go in the back and the manager, he goes, 
Okay, so who here is a dancer from another club? And every single girl raised their hand except me. And I'm like, well, I'm fucked. Like, oh my God. I'm like, these girls are all dancers. They just want to work here. Like, holy fuck, what am I doing? You know? And so then the amateur night starts. And so they start calling people up and then they call my name. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go. So I'm walking over and I get to the stairs and I take one step up and I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to do this page. You don't, you, we can turn around. And then I took another step. No, fuck this shit. Just do it. And I was like, next step. Oh my God. Are we seriously doing this? And then I got to the top and I said, okay, here we go. And I went out on stage and I performed to the best of my ability. And I ended up winning the amateur night. There we go. Big titties and this big fat ass. How could I not win, right? There we go. Oh, so um, good. I got offered the job. They paid for my license and I started being a stripper. And what would that life look like? Um, the, the reason, and also if you're not comfortable talking about anything, just let me know. But the reason why I'm asking is that most people um, still have this like kind of like a movie idea, right? It's like dramatic people and they live in like a dramatic crack house. And while some of us still have like had that right at some point woven into, but like what, what did that, like that career point evolve at? Um, what did the, when you say, what did that career point evolve at? Um, what is, what do you so mean? how, how, how was your life? Like you started dancing maybe like seven nights a week. Um, did you, start say, stay at the same club did you meet a bunch of new friends in the industry like what are we doing yeah. yeah so yeah I mean I remember like I think it was like my first or second shift I made like $500 and I came home and I thought I was rich I was like rich. wow I'm a rich bitch. I made $500. Like I was looking at the money, just like, holy shit, you know? And then I made my first thousand dollar shift and I was like, holy fuck, this kind of money. Like I was on cloud nine. I was so excited. I, I was like, I'm going to run the world. Like I'm going to make so much money. So excited, you know, uh, at the strip club, of course, very much so just like, I've always been like this, you know, uh, stay in my own lane, like put my head down. Of course, I'm kind and considerate to the other people, but I don't, I never really tried to like get into any of the drama in the club. Uh, and then from Washington, then I moved down to San Diego and my home club uh, that I dance at here, I've danced here for like 13 years. I went and um, moved to Las Vegas for a short stint in like 2014 to 2016 to dance at the Spearmint Rhino because I thought that I thought that was going to be the golden goose because everyone in the industry is like, got to go to Vegas, got to go to Vegas, make so much money. So I went to Vegas thinking this is going to be my golden goose. And it just like <laughs> it, it was an interesting situation um, in Vegas was really hard for me. Um but to speak also to what you were saying about people think like, oh, people are crazy and in crack houses and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, strippers are very responsible. Um, some of them are and some of them are not. Um, but the thing is, is in any industry, you are going to find people who go through drug issues, who go through baby mama drama, who go through issues with their boyfriend, who go through financial issues right? All of the issues are present in every single industry. We're just more upfront about it. Like we just like let it all hang out. Right. And it's just like such this stigma that, you know, you're only, you're, you're, you're doing what you have to do. Like that's something I do not like when people make that comment. Oh, well you're, I know you're doing what you have to do. And it's like, no, I'm choosing to do this and I'm setting myself up for the future. Like doing what I have to, I don't know. That just runs me wrong when people say that. Oh no. Yeah. Like and the the saving me, like I choose to do this and I am empowered by this. Thank you. Yeah. And the whole, (laughs) and I'm like, always like, which movies have you been watching? Like the whole, like, you know, the dear damsel in distress doing this because she has no other choice. I have been, you know, in prostitution dominatrix, like I've done the whole spectrum of sex work and I've met the realest most fucking successful women 
in the industry who are till today my ride or dies. Mm-hmm. Um, none of, most of us are not even in the industry anymore, but right. And, but like you can smell the successful, like the, the, the real headed ones in our industry. Like you can send them from five, you could see them from five miles away. There's a click, there's a realness. There's the, there's this wide understanding of psychology, humans, the world, power dynamics, like, it's just like no other industry. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? Right. And the energetics behind it is so fascinating. Like, I could go on and on and on about energetics, you know, especially in working in as a stripper and, you know, just even the pure dynamics of, you know, the sexual transmutation of energy and the power of sexual energy and chemistry is like, this is the thing, men are, they have this thing inside of them that they need a muse, right? They need women in their lives. And of course, I'm talking about straight men who are attracted to women, right? Like they, they need that muse in order to, because if we weren't here, right, if women weren't here, they would not have the drive, the power, they wouldn't want to go get the money, the power, the whatever, because they're going after the, that success, that achievement, because they want they want the 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 muse of a beautiful woman. And so that's just like really high level, like, you know, like bird's eye view. But so in the club, guys are coming in, right? And they're experiencing, you know, you know, some time with a beautiful woman or beautiful woman's being kind to them. And we are actually, I literally believe this genuinely is like, when we are dancing for guys, we are literally making them better people, because we are motivating them. And we are giving them that 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 energetic, like, hit that they need to go be better men, better fucking entrepreneurs, go make more money, go do whatever it is, because they got that that energy, they got that muse, they got that like escape from themselves, even if it's just for like, you know, 15 minute like lap dance, um, which that's like such a deeper energetic reasoning behind why and the guys, they just come back and they come back and they come back some more. <laughs> and they're going to keep coming back. Yeah. And also like, you know, there's a lot of lonely men out there in the world. And it's not, it's of course you, you know, we're sexy and we're, you know, have sexy outfits on and titties and ass and all that kind of stuff. But like, there's a lot of people, a lot of men who just want the connection of even just talking to a woman for like, however long, I can't tell you how many dances I have done. And I've literally just talked to the guy because he's like, it's really nice to feel not judged and to have someone like listen to me. And so, and it always makes me so sad about how lonely, how many lonely people there are out there. So like, we're doing such a beautiful, we are doing beautiful work and we're getting so much hate from the outside world who doesn't understand it. And so that's why you know, us fucking strippers, dominatrix, sex workers, we need to say, fuck yeah, I'm amazing. Absolutely. Well, and I've, and I've, what one point is that's really prevalent for me is because I'm born and raised in East Europe, um, lived all over the world though, but the conversation about these dynamics is so different culturally, right? What, how, what I would say, even though like East Europe is also a very Christian rooted, like, you know, area, um, I remember like in Russia, there's this show every day at like noon um, where um, you have like three babushkas on the, you know, coffee table and, you know, a lady would come in. It's kind of like a dating show. And, um, you know, she would say like, uh, yes, you know, I am uh, Agnieszka. Yeah, I'm, I'm 20 years old and I would like a man, you know, um, who does this, this, this is what I have to offer. And the, the, the grandmas would always ask, okay, like, so what do you want him to make money? And she would go like, you know, it would be nice if he makes like a hundred K and they're like, no, 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 no. With your face and your tits, your husband at least needs to make 400 K a year. Right. Like that's a very normalized conversation. And even for the men, cause they will ask the men like, Hey, what do you have to offer? What do you want in return? Like it's a much more normalized, just again, looks aesthetic proximity to beauty has a price to it because it's a dynamic exchange right mm-hmm. and then you come here in the west and everyone's like sex work and like like right and, and also and money you. oh god let's oh, talk and about money, money and money oh, what you mean you talk about money and and it's just yeah the 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 yes yeah, i love that everyone's getting more open about it now and um oh yeah so 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 good the yeah the even the money 
And it and it's such a trippy thing because America, again, as a foreigner coming to America, like you see all this, the American dream, right? Where in, I feel in Europe, we don't like you just stay fucking humble. Just stay like, right. And then here you have the American dream and, you know, you can celebrate your success yet. We still don't talk about money. We don't talk about how much debt there is, how much, you know, people paying credit cards with credit cards with credit cards. And we're just like, what, what are we doing here? What's happening? Yes. Yeah. And there's so much. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go, 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 go. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. And with that, with the, the being quiet about money and not discussing it, like, so much misinformation comes from that, right? And so in order to learn about something, it has to be talked about and it needs to be talked about without judgment, right? Like exactly what you're just saying about like people, you know, the credit cards and the debt and the, and the, this cost this and this kind of stuff, right? So many people have credit card debt and they make it mean something about them that is not serving them. Like people beat themselves up so much about having credit card debt when in reality, of course, like, you know, use discernment, be financially responsible, all that kind of stuff. However, debt is simply leveraged money. It was money that was given to you up front in an exchange of an agreement of time to pay it off. You get to use that money for what you want. So at what point in time did we decide to make it mean that we were less than, not worthy, not having our shit together, not able to make it because we have debt? You know, very wealthy, successful business people will use debt all the fucking time. They will not use their own money. They use debt because they understand the power of leveraging someone else's money, you know? And so it's like, if we can even like work on that as a collective, like, yo, stop judging yourself. Because if you judge yourself, you're going to stay stuck where you're at and you're not going to pay it off. And then you're not going to move forward, you know? So kind of talk about it. And it's a financial literacy, right? Like the... Um, and again, I'm, I'm gonna keep using my immigrant cause I just got here. Like the, <laughs> when I go like, okay, y'all understand that America is the only nation in the world that has a credit score. Like we have social credit in China, which is a completely different system, but we have the credit score. And I'm like, y'all got to explain it to me. Cause apparently I'm going to have credit now. And everyone's like, well, it's just kind of a number. And then like, if it's low and bad, like you'll have to pay more. I'm like, how do you not know this? You lit, you need to know, you need to understand at least to a fundamental basic level what the system operates like, where you live. And again, debt is not debt. What, you know, what, what does net worth mean? What does wealth even mean? What does it mean for you? Right? Like you get all these complex conversations, which are so necessary. So, so necessary. necessary. So necessary. I didn't know that other countries didn't have, uh, credit scores. Nope. nope. Wow. That's nope. fascinating. So, um, my, my last company was based in the Netherlands, Amsterdam. And just to give you an idea, it took me nine years of like hustle to get a credit card. And that's a debit credit card. Like, right. So, and, and the max is like $1,500 and I have to pay out very well. Like, so credit, credit cards, most of my people don't have a credit card in Europe. Like they're like, how do I pay for this? I'm like, credit card. They're like, I don't have one. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot because Europe. So complete different financial systems, right? Yeah. Um, what are some of the, because we are here, hashtag team no delusion. <laughs> what are some of the perhaps more rougher or harder lessons that you learned in your dance career or in perhaps the industry or? Yeah. So, oh man, I mean, I have, I have gone through, I mean, I've danced for 13 years. And so of course, over the 13 years, like it's, you know, I'm a human and I've gone through human experiences. And so in my own personal life, I've gone through, you know, drug addiction and, um, you know, money issues and stuff like that. But none of that had anything to do with the fact that I dance. It had everything to do with myself and what was going on in my relationship um, and all of that kind of stuff. But like, I think, I mean, goodness gracious. I think one of the biggest lessons for me, um, you know, in dancing and coming from the industry is for so long, I didn't tell people publicly that I was a dancer for, you know, of course that growing up, I say growing up, I mean, my adult growing up in the industry, like it's hush hush. You don't tell people you're a stripper. It's quiet, you know, all that kind of stuff um, because of people's judgments. And when I, came out of the stripper closet, I call it. It was so freeing and liberating for me because 
I just released giving a fuck what other people thought about me. And I've always not cared what people thought. But of course, there was that little bit of like, oh, what are they going to think? Because I'm a stripper or, you know, that kind of stuff. And so just like huge overall lesson is bringing back my self-validation and my self-worth to myself and not seeking it in other people and really not making the fact that I'm a stripper mean anything about me, about my worth, about my ability to achieve, about how good I am, uh, any of that kind of stuff. Um, really, it's 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 so it's come so full circle for me and like my whole dancing career to just be talk about it and to like really shine a light on the beautiful elements of dancing. I mean, for sure, like in all honesty, there are a lot of difficult elements of dancing. It's not for everyone. There are days when it's, I felt shitty about myself and like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I don't deserve, you know, sometimes guys say things to you or they try and touch you or they keep just making you feel like shit. Right. And so of course there's those elements in there too. And it's just like learning. It was just for me learning how to hold my boundaries firm and, and the firmer I got with my boundaries, the better customers I attracted, the better I felt about doing the dances and the more money I fucking made easily. So it's just been such a huge lesson in energetics for myself too. I love that. Yeah. And I, this is the perfect like flow into like translating your real life lessons and experience into a coach then that's what like, right. It's like, I have learned all of these amazing stuff. Let me give you the life hacks to life. Basically. I always see it like that. Let me give you the life hacks and let's go through it. Um, at what point did you started coaching and what, what, what was the beginning phase of that shape like versus what it's shaped like now? Yeah. So I, in like 2017, 2018, I really wanted to start an online business and I just had, I knew people made a lot of money online. I just had no idea. (laughs) Like, how they were doing this. (laughs) So I started like learning and studying and I tried a couple like Amazon private label companies. And then I found the coaching industry and I was like, hold on, people can make money from creating a course, teaching other people about manifestation. Are you fucking kidding me? Like sign me up. Like I, my, my, eyes were opened to this completely new industry. Very similar to how when I moved in with my aunt, my eyes were open to the world of entrepreneurship. It was the same thing when I learned about like the coaching and the group group coaching programs and all of that kind of stuff. And so from there, I was like, I, I need, I was like, I have to become a coach, right? Like this is so for me. So I wanted to be a coach, but I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I was like, I know I'm going to be great at this, but like, how do I do this? <laughs> so I got, I went through a coaching certification so I could knew what the fuck to do with like clients, you know, and I went through a coaching certification and I started working with a coach. The funny thing is back in like 2018 to 2019, when I was doing my coaching business, I was positioning myself as a mindset and manifestation expert. I didn't tell anyone I was a stripper, right? And I made not maybe $100 total in like nine months. Like no fucking money was being made. I wasn't like nothing. And then when I came out of the stripper closet, when I was working with a coach of mine, that is when my business like took off because I was authentic. I fully owned myself and that allowed other people to see me and give people permission. Not that we need any permission. Let's be clear about that. But it gave people permission to fully accept themselves no matter what other people are thinking. And so my business started taking off then. And back then in like 2019, 2020, I was more positioning myself as like a stripper business coach focusing on, you know, coaching women on how to run their dancing business, like a six figure business, how to manifest more money, how to build businesses. And then over time, it evolved to me creating my coaching certification. Um, Because when I learned about NLP and the subconscious mind and coaching, it was so impactful for me in my own personal life, like implementing the tools that I learned. And then of course, in my like business and clients lives that I was like, yeah, this is just like the logical next step. Like I, I want to be able to provide my students and clients with something like 
really, really deep and powerful that they can use for themselves and, you know, make an impact with the people that they're working with too. Beautiful. And now you have a whole variety of, of like clients of people who you teach and coach and. Yeah, exactly. So I like, I, you know, target strippers and I have air quotes here. I target strippers, meaning I talk to them. I talk about it. I relate stripping to coaching and entrepreneurship. However, truth be told, probably 90% of my clients and students are not strippers. Of course, I get some, but literally 90% are just women who want to learn NLP, want to learn how to be a coach. They really, they love like my my messaging and my energy and they, they appreciate that. And so that's another testament if you're grow- growing a business when you're scared to niche down, when you're like, I don't want to exclude people. Like, let me tell you, you will attract the right people in no matter what. It doesn't matter. I'm like living, my business is living proof of that. <laughs> right. And um, you, because you you mentioned it as, you know, starting an online business, but you also do real life retreat right now. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So like there's in my business, I have my coaching certification and there's three levels. So there's rich method coach and then there's a master coach training. And then there's the CEO certification, which is like the three steps, the main that I'm focusing on. Um, I also uh, used to work one-on-one. I would have a lot of one-on-one clients. I would run like high-level masterminds, in-person retreats uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, in my master coach training and the top level CEO certification, which is like all about speaking, leading and training uh, there, I have like in-person trainings in there too. So there's a mix of all of it. There's virtual, there's some in-person and it's great. Um, you mentioned energetics a lot. Yes. Um, yes, all for it here. Love it. Love it. Um, I feel that there's a, there's a misconception. I'm talking very vaguely now, but there's a misconception that once you master just energetics, that everything else will be fine. Um, however, I always personally use the example, like you can wish yourself all you want to be, you know, a lottery winner. If you don't actually physically buy the ticket, right? Like there's a missing gap and there's a clarity of taking care of your human vessel to, you know, let that energetic transition be as profitable as possible not that it has to be profitable but as good as he and you know nurturing as possible what does your self-care look like Mm, yeah so first of all i love that metaphor that you gave about you could man you could think about yourself as a a lottery winner but if you don't go buy the fucking lottery ticket i love that i'm going to take Take it take it take it because i talk about that i talk about like you can sit here and meditate and journal all day in your sparkly journal do all the meditations but if you don't take action How is the universe going to deliver to you that which you desire? It's not going to happen, right? That's the law of action. We must take action in order to have our manifestations materialize, period. And even like what you're saying about energetics, it's like it is a combination of energetics and mindset and strategy. Of course, energetics and the mindset is going to be super powerful and get you through. But at the end of the day, you need to have a fucking like some sort of a sales funnel, some sort of a client retention, some sort of email, some sort of fucking payment processor. Like there are things that you need logically, strategically to run your business, you know? Um, But what you're talking about asking about health is how do I take care of my vessel? Because that is very important. So important. Um, I have learned that on a deep level this year. I, um, I have ulcerative colitis, which is an autoimmune disease. And um, this year I was actually hospitalized two times for it. It it was really difficult. And the last hospitalization, I was like, dude, I talk about money and wealth and all this shit. But literally, if you do not have your health, you do not have anything. And so health and caring for yourself and caring for your physical body, however that looks for you, right? Because we have our own definitions of what works for our own bodies and stuff. But truly like honoring yourself and your body and like eating right, being mindful about what you're eating, you know, um, you know, working out, but then also doing the spiritual, the energetics and, and getting outside and having some sun touch your skin for like however, 20 minutes a day or whatever. It's, um, it's something that I personally... Um, I always take care of myself because obviously I like to stay in shape for being dancing and like all that kind of stuff. But 
there's like a, there was like a level of commitment that I wasn't as, um, it was important, but it wasn't like a top priority. Like this is my priority. So this is like number one decision. Uh, and just kind of like going through what I went through really brought that home to like you, your health is everything and it deserves to be a top priority too. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're back. Yeah. You froze up for a second. What are some of the, what would you say that are non-negotiable things that you do every day to take care of yourself, um, whether it being spiritually and physically? Yeah. So, okay. So non-negotiable things that I do every single day. So I have a really rock solid morning routine. Um, in the morning routine, I, there's, you know, like with healing my body, there's like certain, you know, like I drink like water with salt and then do like coconut oil swish and like there's supplements that I take and stuff like that. So really being mindful of that, um, really being mindful of like when I'm eating, but also non-negotiable is like I will, and I don't want to say always 100% because there has been a few days where I have not meditated, but meditation is so powerful. And I really, really try my absolute best to meditate every single day. Like one of the first meditations I do every single morning, I get up and I've been single for like six years also, by the way. So I get up every morning and I set my alarm for, or I set a timer for 10 minutes and then I put like a song on. I will, I literally like, I cuddle myself like in bed and I just tell myself everything that I need to hear. Like, I got you. You're doing such a good job. I am so proud of you. All of that stuff that sometimes we can like put so much validation in other people giving that to us. Mm. I fill myself up with that every day in the beginning of the day. Like you're doing great. I am proud. I got your back. Like everything that I need to hear. And so it's like, it's, it fills me up for the day and like sets the tone for the whole day. So that's probably one of my biggest non-negotiables. I love that. And, um, what I've noticed in our industry, I'm just like umbrella it now, yeah. is that they're originally, like it originally started off with a very hustle culture, like work harder, work more hours, work longer. Like it's, a, again, it's very masculine, like go, 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 execute, 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 execute. And then you find yourself burning out. Um, what, how, how did you find your balance for that? Dude, I love that you're bringing this up because this is so relevant and it's it's so funny because in the stripping industry, it is so fucking masculine and so hustle culture for us. Go in, work those doubles, work, work, work. And if you don't go into work, you have this looping thought of, oh my God, I'm missing out. Oh my God, I'm not doing good enough. Oh my God. Right. And so then, then we like hustle and we work every single day for like 10 days straight in a row. And then we're so fucking burnt out that we take the rest of the month off or we take time off. And then it takes long to get back into that flow. But then we get in that flow to make up what we lost. And it's literally this fucking cycle, this loop that is exhausting as fuck. And we've all gone through it. And, yep. you know, there's there's elements of that loop that in all transparency, I still go through. Um, and it's really fascinating for me to like observe myself. Like I know what I'm doing because it's like my business generates great money and I'm so grateful for it. But just like any business, there are really high months and then there's really, there's like lower cash flow months. Right. And so in order to supplement sometimes when the cash is low, like of course dancing, but then I have to like, then I set all that, then I set all the, this whole schedule for how many days I'm going to go into work. And then I don't go in and then I'm like, Oh fuck. Well now I have to work a double on this day to make up for it. And that shit is like seriously so exhausting. So I think the best way to um, to really like soothe that is to literally make a realistic, consistent schedule that you can stick to. Because as humans, when we say we're going to do something and then we talk ourselves and we negotiate with ourselves, we're literally breaking that trust within ourselves every time we do that. And so then the next time we say, oh, I'm going to do this, in your mind, you're like, yeah, right. But am I really going to, go. but if you set up something for yourself and this is for anything for when you're building your business, or if you're wanting to like go to the gym and get healthier for, if you're wanting to set a work schedule, right? Like we don't need to go overwhelming because then we're going to shut it down. 
right? And it's also like on a deeper level, working with the, you know, identity around things. It's like, I am a successful person. And so how am I going to make decisions based off of that identity, right? So it's doing that like deep inner work as well. Yeah. And it's, there's, there's an extreme, this is my Slavic stoic side. I'm like, you know, everyone should get more uncomfortable. Stop fucking bitching American. Like, well, let's go, go, go without the hustle culture. Because I do think there's a extreme. When, when, I feel like when we speak of hard times, it's not necessarily, you know, I'm crawling through the mud physically. It's the, I have no idea. Like I'm in the, in the womb of the universe right now, right? Like I planted the seed, but there's no plant coming yet. Like how, like I, I want to check the seed every day, be like, yo, are you still there? Which is going to fuck up the seed. And then you mess up your whole plan. Right. So like there's this the incubation time, which is extremely uncomfortable because all your inner demons and all your mechanisms start just to play a trick with you. They're like, Oh, maybe it's not working. See, it's not working. All right. Like, like this, our mind goes so much faster than time. And I feel like that's the, you know, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's, that's fate, that face where you, that's like self-care. I feel is so important in that face because otherwise mind all over the place. Yes. What, um, and, and I feel like the spiritual community has taught us to like, let go. Right. But it's a verb. So it's a trip in language because it insinuates that you have to do something in order to let go. So we're like, what am I doing? How do I let go? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I, me personally, I am so like, okay, someone says how to do it. Okay. So now tell me how, give me the five steps <laughs> and I'm going to master them. Tell me how to do it. Okay. Relax. How do I do that? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Surrender. How do I surrender? What the fuck is that? Okay. <laughs> tell me, do I do a tree pose for 500 minutes? I will do that if necessary. Just okay, tell I me the it. how to. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's yeah. And that's, that's, that's so fucking true. I love that point. Cause that's coming from like the doing, right? Like if I do the thing, then I'm going to have the thing and then I'm going to be happy, successful, peaceful, whatever, right? Do, have, be. When reality, it truly is the be, do, have. And so figuring out how to just simply be, right? It's like, okay, I want to make $50,000 cash months in my business, right? So when I have the $50,000 cash months, then I'll make that big investment in that mastermind and then I'll be successful, when the reality is we're not waiting, right? Because when you're waiting, you are not creating. And so it's like getting into the energy of like, I am successful now. I am that. I am proud now. I am full. I am whole. I am safe now. And then everything will align in according to that. But let me tell you, I'll be honest. Sometimes it's hard because we want to do because we have been conditioned you know, just like what you were saying, like cultural conditioning, societal conditioning from parents, from all of that stuff to do, 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 work, 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 work to achieve. And when you achieve, then you are good enough. When you achieve, then you are worthy. But in reality, you don't need to achieve or do anything to be worthy. Right. And that's like the biggest lesson that is going to be super impactful when you're like doing the work. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I, we, we always say like growth starts with gratitude. Like if you can be grateful right now for what you have, you'll never, you'll, you'll just keep chasing. You'll just keep chasing endlessly because you won't recognize it when you're at the next step because you already made up a new step and you're going to fuck up yourself mentally because you just got to keep chasing, chasing and then welcome hustle culture. Never, and, well, us, and then never welcome said. burnout and then welcome the loop de loop starting over again. Exactly. Right. Oh, that's such a trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some of the, perhaps not even doing things, but how do you for yourself navigate the, like the void time, right? The incubation time where the results or the thing hasn't happened had, but you have done on your physical part, everything you need to do. What does your day look like when you do, when you're in that space? Yeah, this is, I love that analogy too. It's like, you know, the farmer goes outside to plant his seeds and to harvest his crop, right? And he, so he sows the, the dirt, the soil, and he lays the seeds out and then he puts the soil back over and then he goes on about and he does his thing because he has this deep knowing and trust 
that my crops are going to rise. He's not standing over the soil, pounding on them, like what you were saying. Are you working? Are you working? Because he knows that in divine timing, they're going to sprout right when they're when they are ready to, you know. And so when I am in the, you know, work, working, moving towards something that I haven't achieved yet, the thing that like keeps me going is just like, it's literally this, like such this deep, deep belief and trust in myself that I, I, I am successful and like, this is going to work. Like I, I've got this, I can do this. I am smart. I can figure this out being open and flexible to it. Like maybe looking differently, right? Because like the end result is what, what's the end result that I want to do with this business, right? In terms of like money, let's say, you know, I want to make, you know, X amount of dollars every single month. And how is that money going to make me feel? And so just really focusing on like the end result and being open to, it looking different ways. Cause like when I started my coaching business, I didn't, I had no idea I was going to create a coaching certification. I had no idea some of the programs I was going to create. I had no idea where the money was going to come in. Um, but I just had this, like this fucking unapologetic belief in myself to like figure it out. Beautiful. And you wrote a book about it and you have a podcast. I have, I have a few more questions after that, but tell us about the book and the podcast so we don't forget. <laughs> yes. So I, I actually wrote two books. So the first book that I wrote is called Manifesting Like a Boss Babe. It's a 21-day step-by-step guide to manifestation. So I wrote this book before I was, quote, out of the stripper closet. So I don't talk about stripping at all. <laughs> it's, it's a great book, though, right? And then the second book I wrote was when it's called uh, The Universe is My Sugar Daddy, How to Manifest Money Like a Stripper. So this one, I this book, I love this book so much because I walk you through, like, the different elements of being a stripper. So, like, the audition, your pre-shift rituals, like, walking in, getting dressed, dances, but I, I, every chapter has like two parts. So I'll walk you through what it's like to be a stripper, but then how that element correlates to money manifestation. So it's like a cool two-part book. Um, it's a, it's available on Amazon. Grab yourself a copy. Yes. I'll put a link. <laughs> I'll put a link everywhere. Cause I have it in the book too. Love it. Love it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then my, my podcast is called make it rain and the make it rain podcast. And I talk about, we talk about stripping. I talk about money manifestation, coaching, NLP, online business, manifestation, all of that. All, basically everything we talked about today in this episode. <laughs> we and on it. What your, the episode, which was extremely healing to me was the one where, um, Pardon me, butchering the words, and also correct me if I say it wrongly. But the 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 if you're you're not stuck, you're just carried by the universe. Like you're finally found a new base, and that one was so. Because I was also like, God damn it, why am I stuck? You know, like like I'm doing the steps, I'm being, and then it's like, oh no, it's my new base now. Yeah, we good. Yeah, and it 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 that was such a gift. Like it, if calm. And peace of mind was packaged in a podcast. Like that one was it. Like yeah. I love that so much. That was so, so yeah. Just grateful for that one so much. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, that. Yeah. It's if I'm not stuck, you're stabilized. Yes. Yep. Yes. That was, yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. So, so good. Yeah. Okay. I usually end with two questions. The okay. first question is, um, if current you could travel back to the, 14, 14 year old you knowing that, you know, like not the, Oh, Oh, you're time traveling. Like knowing it's you from the future, knowing she would listen to you. What would you tell her? 14 year old me. What would I yes. tell 14 year old me? Oh my God. I would just tell her you are so loved. Mm. Like you are so loved and you are so powerful. And like, you need to know that inside of yourself Mm -hmm. and give that to yourself and we're not going to give a fuck what anybody else thinks because nobody else needs to tell you how powerful you are because you know that you are powerful mm -hmm. and just really bringing it home yes love yeah. it yeah beautiful great question everyone yeah everyone pause at that Re rewind the several times 15 seconds and listen to that one <laughs> and then if the 20 
like 20, 20 years future you Uh, from now would come to you right now. (laughs) What would she tell you? She would say, you are so loved. (laughs) There we go. She would say, (laughs) she would come and she would say, you are so loved. And you don't need to prove, you don't need to prove, or I'm like getting teary eyed thinking about this right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You don't need to, you don't need to prove or achieve anything in order to be worthy of love. That is what she would fucking tell me. There we fucking go. There we go. There we fucking go. (sighs) Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. Um, This was fun. Tell us where we can find you. I will put everything in the description, obviously. Um, books, the podcast, um, Rich Method. Tell me all. Instagram, where can we find you? What can we do? Yeah. So, yep. So, my podcast is the Make It Rain podcast. My um, Instagram is at the.page.cole. That is the social media outlet that I am most active on. Uh, I'm on TikTok, the.page.cole. I have a YouTube channel. If you like stripper vlogs, <laughs> just search Paige Cole. Um, and my website is therichmethod.co. Uh, and um, I think that's it. Yeah. My books are on Amazon. Uh, the Rich Method, we launch uh, classes, live classes a couple times a year for if you want to become a certified coach and learn about money coaching and money mindset coaching and NLP and all the things. Um, and uh, at the time we we're recording this, I am also uh, just about finished with my self-paced version of it. So if you are interested in becoming a coach and just the timing or you don't have time to commit to live calls, we also have a completely self-paced version that's coming out that I'm really excited about. So check that out. (laughs) Yes. Epic. Thank you so much for being at fearless wealth today. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Just thank you so much. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And I'll uh, everyone follow, check, like, share, screenshot, tag everyone. I see y'all in the online world. Thank you so much. I truly, 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 truly hope you enjoyed this episode today. And I would love to hear from you what really stood out to you if there was something that ignited a certain feeling or deepened a certain insight. If something even pissed you off and you were like, yo, I could not handle this opinion. I so disagree with that. I love to hear that. Please share, um, leave reviews, tag friends. Um, connect with me on Facebook, connect with me and follow me on Instagram. There's on Facebook, I have elaborate discussions and I do get involved Uh, on Instagram. It's more storytelling and sharing pictures. And I follow a lot of people back. Um, as for what I do currently, my base course is the Dom course. It's a two part course where we get into the practical dominatrix work, which, which types exist. Uh, eight almost eight hour fetish library where I break down all the fetishes that exist that I know of that I've worked of examples what they are what they not are how one can utilize them the traps and the upsides of it Um, and there is another part where it's all about embodying the dominatrix archetype getting more in touch with yourself learning about your body being more vocal in your desires and your needs, being more confident in who you are and how you want to show up, dismantling old beliefs, even a lot of researching what some of the beliefs are that we hold on, some of the programs that run within us and some of the coping mechanisms. As well as that, I have the Blood Coats 2.0 with our amazing, amazing Jesse Magic. This is all creativity, wealth, embodiment, in touch with being with our cycle, in touch with the external energies, a bunch of magic, a bunch of mysticism, a bunch of, highly, highly recommend. Then I have um, a workshop that's called the Four Money Rituals, speaks for itself. If you want to give your money magic a little boost, they have been tested, they have been several dozens of times tried out and feedback is amazing. Then I have the tap in workshop. It's a workshop where we demystify all these bullshit terms such as abundance, frequency, flow, uh, positive thinking, everything that kind of the love and gas moves for us and how to take that. But also it's mostly 
term, it's mostly focused on giving you a hands-on practice. I'm giving an exam, um, giving you examples of practices, I'm giving you examples of exercises, all through like how to get back to instead of the, the fluffy whatever it is, but really get back to the core of yourself, taking back the language and the meaning of certain words, and then use them. Then get into the practice and really amplify your mind. In the spring, I have a new course In the fall, probably winter, I have a new. Okay, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you at the next episode.